Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. 1234 Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, again, I mentioned that uh, Pickard and Cuckoo have been placed on waivers today for purposes of a headed to Bakersfield. Slater Cuckoo is on a personal leave right now. The Oilers hit the ice 1 o'clock at the downtown community arena. We have an event later today in Rogers Place uh, for a draft that uh, Jack and myself and uh, Tony Burr are part of. The Calgary Flames have released both Sonny Milano and Cody Eakin from PTOs. This would be the type of day that you might see that happen. The Oilers had two players in on PTOs, Jake Vertanen, who frankly, uh, just purely from a hockey perspective, would be the first to tell you he needed to get more accomplished. Um, and then Jason Demers. And right now the orders are a little bit light on the right side. Vincent DeHarnay is out with an injury. We're not sure on Slater Cuckoo's status um, as to when he's going to start playing hockey. At this stage, I, I, I would say if it might be a little bit more likely that uh, Demers may end up getting a two-way deal um, Britannic could be in tough here, so we'll monitor that during... I, we might even have a resolution to that by 1 o'clock today. We'll see who's on the ice uh, momentarily. All right, uh, quick text, and, and we have got a unbelievable amount of text coming in on Steve Stales, and I want to get to... Where did the Dons go? Uh, Brennan, can you find the Dons for me, if, if you could? There's... It's just a ways back there. Got it. Got it, it says, uh, the Don really likes Steve Stales. He was a hardworking, tough, stay-at-home D-man, a good passer that was rarely out of position. We could use guys like him here now. Good move by the Oilers. Yeah, three years with the Leafs in kind of developmental roles. Last seven years as present GM of the Hamilton Bulldogs and back on board with the Oilers organization. I know, but the tweet out, I mean, you look at where Edmonton's at here, Brad Holland being promoted to... Assistant General Manager, Director of Pro. Uh, you got player personnel with uh, Tyler Wright overseeing basically that in the amateur side. Keith Gretzky running the farm team. Um, they're gearing up a bit here, and uh, and that's a good thing. Bill Scott, who we had on the other day, does a lot of the. He's going to be a busy man in the next week here because he does all the, the cap stuff. Do you want to tell you guests on the show receive certificates through Bruce Chris Stakos, whether you're speci- uh, celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night in the town? Every meal is an occasion at Bruce Chris Stakos. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Ninety nine ninety Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan and Chris at Oilers now sent you. Without further ado, for GCL Diesel, I've kept him waiting for four minutes. That's way too long. Providing. Gin- Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. GCLDiesel.com. I want to apologize to NHL Hockey and Rogers analyst Louis DeBras. Louis, how you doing? No need, Bob. I've been in uh, some rural areas in the last couple shows we've done, so I'm in my office today, have a good connection. So uh, no problem. It's all good. We make it work. There we go. All right. Uh, Steve Stales. Yeah. Your thoughts? You know what? Um, Awesome. You know what? I've always liked Steve. And it's funny, you know, when you talk to coaches over the years, they always will bring up players that they felt could get into the coaching management side of things once they were done playing. And there's only a select few that those coaches talk about. Steve Stalis was one of them. Um, just a mature young man. You know, it's funny. You look at his hockey database, he's still listed as a right winger. It's incredible. You know, he changed himself to a D, could play both forward and wing. And... You know, for me, that just allows him to have a perspective from both positions, from a forward position and a defense position, which probably allowed him to play over a 1,000 games like he did the National Hockey League. Very versatile, um, a guy that uh, I think 
can speak to anybody on the team. I remember Brian Burke um, speaking with him, and he had nothing but praise about Steve Stales and what he did to become a great pro, a consistent pro in the National Hockey League, especially in Vancouver. He was ahead of his time when it came to conditioning and trying different types of training methods, so I think that'll bode well with him in the player development role and overseeing um, as he did in Hamilton as the president general manager. I just think that uh, this is the next step for him, and I think Edmonton's lucky to have him. Yeah, well, when uh, when they signed him, uh, which would have been uh, in the summer of 2001, I mean, that was one of the most... Uh, quiet. That was a time in which the Edmonton Investors Group. I mean, that I think 2001, 2002. Yeah, that would have been the first year of the Canadian Assistance Program, Louis. So you had the American teams assisting Edmonton, Calgary, and Ottawa, and believe me, they complained about doing it. They complained about doing the three million dollars a year for three years for those three franchises until we got to the 0405 lockout. But the Oilers at that stage were not outbidding anybody for the big guns. They had to make stealth additions and then build through their own draft. Like obviously, the team's at a completely different place now. They got the horsepower of the new arena. Um, the Oilers are, have been a revenue-contributing team, with the exception, I think, of maybe one, uh, let's say one, yeah, one, one and a half seasons. Because I don't know if they contributed revenue in the in the bubble year, but I know the last year at Rexall Place they didn't because the Canadian dollar dropped. But you know what I'm saying here? It's a completely different world. But at the time that Edmonton signed him, that was one of Kevin Lowe's best free agent signings ever. Well, he played parts of eight years. You know, he stayed around for a while and became a vital, uh, crucial cog in the wheel you know like he was uh, in the machine he was um yeah like i said you know when you talk to him i never played with steve but i, I crossed paths from a lot um in the summer times i would see him before seasons i'd i you know just cross paths with him and have a conversation and i always felt the same way too they're just the way he talked about the game very mature guy and you know you could just tell that the wheels were turning up top he just always kind of had um you know, good outlook on things. And listen, he's put his time in. I, th- I honestly didn't, when I saw him at the rink the other day when you and I were talking, uh, I honestly thought he had signed with another NHL organization. I thought he was in the running for a couple more jobs uh, this summer. I thought I heard his name mentioned a couple of times. And uh, so there's no question he was looking to try and take that next step. He's done it the right way at the OHL level. He went and as a general manager president. They won the championship, the OHL championship last year. And now he wants to take that next step and be back involved with the National Hockey League. I know he was, uh, I believe, with Toronto for a bit there, too. So, um, yeah, it's a, like I said, it's a good signing. I think it's great. I think right now Ken Holland and um, Daryl Cates and the management staff of this team are trying to put together a, uh, as good a team off the ice as they have on the ice. They, they recognize there's a window here, and they want to make sure they continue to be a successful um, competitive team each and every year from this point forward, and this is all part of it. Well, we got a couple of range of opinions out there. Greg Wyshynski from ESPN in a piece that he penned, and it's a huge uh, story on their website, has picked the Edmonton Oilers to win the Stanley Cup. Greg historically has not been the biggest fan of the Oilers. Uh, and conversely, Frank Saravelli has picked, who's our Tuesday contributor now in Oilers now, he's picked the LA Kings to win the Pacific Division. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens here. Uh, Frank has also said with Calgary's additions of Kadri and Mackenzie Weger, uh, along with Jonathan Huberto, that they're they're a better playoff suited team and they'll beat the Oilers in uh, the Battle of Alberta. So you and me will have to take Frank for a little walk in the woods, if you know what I'm saying, Louis. From from from, from you ever see Miller's Crossing? 
me to the train station? Yeah. Hey, you ever see Miller's Crossing? Time to go for a little walk in the woods. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know what? Listen, I, I think there's some real interesting stories out there, and especially this time of year, there's a lot of optimism. Uh, and rightfully so. This is the start of the year. This is when everybody's poised to start the season. Everybody feels good about their roster. Everybody's trying to get down to the right size. There's going to be some difficult decisions to be made on every team, um, some more than others. And that, that's what it's all about. But I agree with them. To a certain, I like L.A. You know, you saw what L.A. and how hard they pushed Edmonton the first round last year without a couple of their real key players, uh, especially Drew Dowdy in the back end, number one. I thought Jersey stepped up and had an amazing playoffs and I think he really opened our eyes as to how good of a defenseman he's going to be. Now with Drew Dowdy on the right side as well, that's a formidable one-two on the right side for them in the back end. Arvidsson obviously didn't play in the series, and he was a, a great player for them in the regular season. So they've made some changes. They have a couple of young guys. I've seen Villardi on the score sheet a lot early on. You so know, I like him. You know, and he puts the puck in the net. He does. He, and you know what? He, he's had to do it kind of a long, hard way. He's one of those guys that maybe took a little more time with some injuries, maturity, just to get to that point. But he's a big kid, has soft hands. Uh, there's going to be no easy games. Honestly, Bob, as we've talked about the parity in the league right now, which is even more impressive how Edmonton's been able to get into the playoffs three years in a row. I do believe they are one of the teams that will be fighting for the Pacific Division title, potentially the Western Conference, but certainly the Pacific Division title is going to be a goal of theirs. Um, it's not necessary. It's obviously a feather in your cap if you win either the division or the, the conference, but their goal is going to be to get to the final dance again. They want to get to the eight in the West that have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. There's two ways of doing that. Take care of your division, you're in. All right, Louie, a uh, couple uh, battles in terms of training camp. Um, Nima Linen and Broberg, and I know you watched portions of last night's game because you were texting Jack and me during the course of the game. Uh, you've been at the games in Edmonton. Who's got, who's got the upper hand right now, between, in your opinion, between Marcus Niemelainen and Philip Broberg? If we operate under the context that Nurse and CeCe, Kulak and Bouchard, Barry, and then Murray as a 6-7, they're on the team. So there's a spot for one young defenseman. Who's got the upper hand in your books? I'm going to say Niemelainen right now. I am, just, just based on what he's done in, in training camp and how he's played. Um. I think the upside is greater for Broberg. You can see that the tools are there. He has everything at his disposal to be that kind of a player. For whatever reason, it seems right now that he's he's not putting it together. He, it's almost like he's second-guessing some of the things he's doing. Uh, there's not an assertiveness in front of the net. I feel maybe he's just, just thinking a little too much. And that's I know people say, what do you mean just thinking too much? Well, I can tell you when you when you've got a lot of things processing in your mind, you're trying to do trying to play the best you can play. Sometimes you overthink every single situation instead of just playing free, instead of just going out there and playing and doing what you need to do. When you look at Broberg as a young player, he was just so assertive in his game. You couldn't help but notice him. He just jumped out at you off the ice because he was big, he was strong, he's an excellent skater. Um, and it's a different level. I understand that. The American Hockey League is a different level. The NHL is a different level. This is a very young player, especially defense. So by no means am I saying that Broberg can never pan out to be the player we think he can be. I'm just saying right now he just might not be ready. Uh, and I'm not sure how they're thinking about it. I haven't talked to Jay or any of the coaching staff about it, and those decisions will be made. But from, my, from what I've seen right now, he needs a little more time, I believe. He needs a little more time just to mature, and then when he's ready, he will – have a great opportunity to play in the National Hockey League for a long time. 
Liam um, Lyons is just a little bit ahead of him right now in my in my gauge. Right now, check looking at the games and watching the games, the way he's played is more assertive physically. He has worked on his puck skills. Yes, it's something he still needs to to continue to work on. I see him working with Dave Manson after practice and working on his skating and. I think all those things are great, but I just like his range. I like his size. I like that dimension that he brings. I think as a team that Edmonton has right now, they can use a little bit of that. We see what happens when Darnell Nurse has been running around in preseason. And let me tell you something. I, I don't think you want your number one defenseman running around the way he has. He, he needs a little. He needs some support in that regard. Right. He needs some guys that can fill that role, fill that void, and and apply some of that physicality in the game. So. Honestly, you could choose either one. Either one could be on the opening roster. Maybe both are if there's an injury or something. I really don't know what the final roster is going to look like. But for right now, the question to answer it long-winded, I would say that Nima Lyman right now has the edge on Broberg. You never know who's listening to the show, Louie. Uh, Frank Saravalli has just texted me. Uh, number one, uh, Bob, you should be happy I didn't pick the Oilers for anything given my track record. That's number one. And Fra- <laughs> and Frank adds, if you and Louie are going to take me out for a walk in the woods, can you at least take me to dinner first? And, uh, It'll be on a full stomach for sure. Uh, uh, I agree. We uh, it's it. Uh, we should mention uh, the last year when we were in Philadelphia, and it was right around the time um, that I ended up uh, coming down with the uh, vaunted vid. Uh, we went. Uh, Frank picked up uh, Ken Holland and uh, Bob Nicholson and myself and Cam Moon, and we went for a dinner in a, an old Italian restaurant. If you know what I mean. <laughs> If you know what I'm saying, Louie. Yeah, you don't keep your back to the corner? Well, I'm just saying, I, I don't know, man. There used to be a place in Detroit like that, too. There was a little escape hatch door in the back corner of the restaurant we used to go to, right close to... Um, it was a great place, by the way. Thank you, Frank, for doing but, that. Yeah, Frank's a good guy. You know what? I got to hang out with him in the playoffs a couple times, and... Uh, obviously respect his opinion and we all have one and well they're called bold predictions too right like he makes he doesn't sit there and make the easy prediction and mind you i must say i had a a particular chuckle predictions (laughs) well you know louis in the future we wouldn't be sitting here talking that's kind of what we do but uh as you know i'm a subscriber to the athletic franks with the daily face off and the athletic went into a painstaking amount of research uh, where they provide a bunch of, they run simulations and statistical analysis, and they've got Toronto, the, number, the best team in the NHL, and Calgary, the second best team in the NHL. And, of course, I respect the work and the amount of uh, time that these guys put into it. But in their model, uh, they had Nathan McKinnon creating fewer wins than Mitch Marner. And I was kind of like, Really? And then, admittedly, they do not factor in playoff. They only they, they factor in regular season. And I'm well, thinking about they call them they're the best regular season team, maybe. Because I'm sitting there going, well, you know, you've got Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, who in 39 career playoff games each have 33 points, which would be the same amount of points that Connor McDavid had in 16 playoff games last season. Again, Toronto's got a deep offensive squad. A lot of people think they got a pretty good team. Got a good team I last year. Ran to that that gritty Boston team a couple times, to be honest. Which they, they didn't make it easy to score goals. I'll tell you that. Well, what's happened is teams have shut down Marner and Matthews. Score some goals. Mar- the teams have shut down Marner and Matthews. Come crunch time. The better the team the more likelihood you can shut down one line, Louis. And so that's going to bring us to our next place in terms of the diversification 
of the Oilers uh, scoring and how maybe Dylan Holloway has Holloway done enough for you to secure a top six spot? You know what? It's I think he's played really well. I do, and I I, I don't see why he hasn't. You know, he hasn't done anything to hurt himself. Even in the game last night, which I thought was an incredibly scrambling game, way too many penalties. Um, not typical of a late preseason game, but it is what it is. Sometimes they're going to have those in the regular season too. And they made it interesting in the end. But even in that game, I just felt he's playing with a lot of confidence right now. And that's the biggest thing I look for with young players, Bob, when I'm watching them. Yeah, you know what? You have to have the skill. There's no question he's had some great games. He's been the best player on my account, I think, three or four of the first four games he played. I think he was the best player on the ice for the team. As far as just creating chances, being recognized, being noticeable. I know the veterans aren't ratcheting it right up. I mean, Connor McDavid... You know, went for one one rush last night, and we saw what he did in that rush. So the veterans have an ability to just continually get a little bit more of each game, respectively, until it's time to really put it on the line. And then you're going to see them. Louis, we have to. Louis, I have to cut you off because uh, I want to eliminate this and get this over with right now. Okay. Jake yep. for Jake will not be on the ice today at Oilers practice at one o'clock. Uh, it's something will come out officially from the team, but TSN's Darren Drager is reporting that he's been released from his PTO. So there you go. Uh, for all the people um, that are asking, and because I've I mentioned that Cuckoo and Pickard had gone on waivers today for the purpose. In Pickard's case, he's got to clear. In Cuckoo's case, he's going to clear. And I have no idea when Slater plans on returning to play in the game. The Oilers have two players, uh, Vertanen and Demers, on PTO. I mentioned at this stage Demers would be the more likely to be signed because of the Cuckoo situation and injury to Vincent Day ERNA. And uh, we do not expect to see uh, Jake Vertanen has been released from his PTO. So there you go. Didn't work out for Jake. He can't argue about the opportunity. He got six preseason games in. Yeah, you know, listen, it's tough. And I had a conversation with Jake in the dressing room and as he gets into the conversation. Um, and you know what? I um, It's difficult. It's difficult to um, come into a camp and win a position, especially in today's NHL. It's the most difficult thing to do, in my opinion. It can be done, but you, but you have to jump off the ice every single game. You have to be getting noticed every game. And unfortunately for Jake, I didn't see that. I didn't seem to do enough of that. Had some good sequences, but just not enough to bump somebody out of the position. Yeah. No. It's, all right. Just back to Holloway. Has he got a spot for you? For uh, He's on the team, right? Well, he's on my team. I'm not making that decision, but if I was, he's on my team. I don't know what the logistics are going to uh, – the logistics that will be required to make sure, every, make sure everything is done properly under the cap to start the season, all that. There's been lots of talk of how they're going to get under that cap and how they're going to make things work with the long-term IR, all that kind of stuff, which is just, you know, for me, I, I wait for that to kind of settle and see how they're going to do that. But he's on my team. If that's the question you're asking, yes, I think he's done enough in camp. I think he's a young player. I think he's playing with confidence. As I said before, that's the first thing I look for is not just the way they're scoring goals or the points they're putting up. He's been up and down the lineup. They started him in the bottom six. He got a chance up in the top six. I don't think he did anything in the two games in the top six that made me think that he couldn't play there. I thought he created. I thought he skated well with those guys, which is important. And more importantly, coming back to his own zone, he was free with the puck. He picked that puck up. He'd make a play on his own. Did he make some mistakes? Obviously, 100%. He you know, lost a couple battles. But overall, the other thing, too, that stood out to me, was his physicality. He's not afraid to run around and throw hits. So 
because of that, he can play up and down your lineup. And he's in mind. If there, that answers your question. Louie, keep an eye on Tampa for me, okay? I will. He likes to get involved. I can see that. Thanks a lot. That's Louis DeBras for GCL Diesel uh, joining us here at the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline. We're going to go into the Oilers now. Uh, injury report slash uh, waiver update. It is brought to you all season long by your friends at James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. Trent Brown, of course. Uh, should be in the U of A Sports Wall of Fame. I have no idea why they wouldn't want to have the best football player that they've had in their program for the last 40 years there. I mean, he does have a lot of grief. Um, but anyhow, um, multiple-time CFL All-Star, Great Cup winner. Here's what we got for you. Again, TSD, the orders have not made it official. It might go out at 1 o'clock because they're hitting the ice at 1, but we've um, been talking about this the last... Really, from the start when he was first offered the PTO, that it was going to be hard for him to make the team. Uh, Jake Vertanen has played six games in the preseason out of seven, so he's been given lots of opportunity. He'd be the first to tell you, I think we used that line earlier, that he would have liked to have accomplished more. Uh, I'm telling you that Jason Dermares might make more sense to sign just because of... uh, positional need on defense. We'll wait and see on that front as a right shot defense. But Darren Dreger reporting that uh, Jake Vertanen has been released by his PTO and we'll probably get official confirmation by the orders at 1 o'clock today. Cuckoo uh, on waivers uh, for purposes of assignment to the minors. I'm not sure when he returns to playing. He's on a personal leave. Calvin Pickard needs to clear waivers as well and we might see a couple more moves coming. We'll have to wait and see. 12.56, back with NHL today in two minutes time. The Oilers are skating over at the downtown community arena, which means from our broadcast location in Rogers Place, I can't see the practice, but I've got my uh, peeps out there. Jason Demers is on the ice. Uh, TSN's Darren Drager reporting that Jake Furtanen has been released from his PTO. We're expecting confirmation momentarily. And Recito in Nelson, B.C. at 1258 Edmonton says, Bob, hard to believe that Furtanen didn't at least play with more desperation. Do something. And Rosito says, I would have blacked Zidane Chara's slap shot in a thong to have a PTO with the oil. That one comes to us from Andrew Cito. All right, uh, I lied. We are going to go to NHL today a little bit later on during the show. Uh, I am going to mention to you that we got a great Oilers roadie coming up in Vegas with Oilers now, a chance to see the Oilers play the Golden Knights and all those famous Vegas attractions. This New West Travel Hockey Package, we just uh, sold out one for New York City. It includes airfare, three nights at the five-star Cosmopolitan Hotel on the Vegas Strip, game tickets, and a welcome reception with yours truly for the Oilers now hockey. Vegas package called New West Travel. You can reach them at newwesttravel.com. Off to a global news west, uh, global (laughs) news. I know uh, you can do this. uh, Can I? Yeah, you can do this. All right, let's see. After uh, I I, I got New West in my brain there, Eileen Bell. Uh, Global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell up next.